Welcome to the Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. The mean Monster King finally faces the Monster Council. Will he leave Wickety Woods for good? Find out in the final episode of the series. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. The Monster Council Theo woke with his mind thrumming with the awareness that today the Monster Council was coming. Wickety Woods had been host to the King of the Monsters for a whole week and he had caused havoc in so many different ways. The Monster Council was, hopefully, going to make him go away. It was Monday But school wasn't on because monsters had flooded it the week before and because Molly had sent the same monsters to do it again today. They needed to be in the woods today, though Theo and Molly had agreed never to do it again. Theo ate a big breakfast, again feeling the weight of the day and trying to prepare himself as best he could. He slipped down the garden and through the fence and immediately felt something very strange. It wasn't a sound, but it felt like a buzz, as if he were inside a bee's wingbeat or his electric toothbrush. He walked forward. After a few paces, the feeling stopped, and he saw an unfamiliar monster. It was yellow and spindly, like a giant long starfish standing up. It was waving its two hands in front of it, the source of the strange buzz. You must be a monster hunter, it called out. Its voice was businesslike, and as Theo looked around, he could see more of them at intervals of a few metres apart, all doing the same thing with their hands. We're securing the perimeter for the Monster Council, the yellow starfish continued, Any non-monster hunters won't get through and they won't know why. It's pretty effective. Great, er, thanks, Theo said, wishing some of these monsters usually lived in his woods. They would be very useful. Great job. Bye. And he strode further into the woods. At least he wouldn't have to worry about humans today. At the hollow tree he found his top hat, his long stick and his remote control and put them all on. Molly appeared and he waited as she got ready. This is a big deal, isn't it? Molly looked very impressed. How cool are those starfish monsters? Seriously cool, Theo said. And they began to walk through the woods towards the clearing. As they did, various monsters scuttled towards them, chattering with anticipation. The monster council are coming. Did you know? In our very own woods. I wonder what they want. I hope they're better than the king. Oh dear, I'd better sort my spines out. Theo and Molly smiled and agreed, and then they finally reached the hidden clearing where the entrance to the monster king's lair was. He's hiding. Matilda swooped down to sit on Theo's shoulder. Everyone knows they're coming, and maybe he's got an idea why. 
How does everyone know? Theo asked, looking around. The clearing was full of activity, from the wickety wood monsters to all sorts of others he had never seen before. Some of them were combing grass, some polishing tree trunks, and over the far end some verbondons were helping some blue monsters with strong nine-fingered hands to create a platform. The advance party came early this morning, Matilda said, to get everything ready. There's going to be a monster court, you see. The council can't make the monster king do anything without proving that he's done something wrong. It's going to be very dramatic. I see. Theo suddenly felt very small. He knew what he was doing here in Wickety Woods with his monsters, but there was so much more he didn't know about monsters all over the world. He heard Molly gulp beside him, and then there was a sound from above. It was a high-pitched buzz, and as his eye moved up to the sky, he could see something strange. Like when a computer screen went wrong, it fizzled and fuzzed, until suddenly above him was a large pink and orange monster with what looked like a hot air balloon above it. It drifted down towards them, and then, to Theo's surprise, let out a huge breath, and the balloon deflated and became its hair. It smiled at everyone, then clambered over to the platform and took one of the five seats that had been placed there. She's the council member from Russia. A voice came from behind them, a very familiar, very welcome, very comforting voice. As she likes to appear with a flourish. Ah, oh, hello. Mr Sebastian sounded a little uncomfortable as Molly threw her arms around him and gave him a hug. When she let go, Mr Sebastian shook Theo's hand. Well done, you two. Tricklemore has sent me reports. You've been stupendous. Look, here's the council member from Canada. Theo looked back into the clearing, where a small white blob with glasses perched over his impressive two noses and three eyes also made his way toward the platform. The monster from Russia let out a long leg to help him clamber up. He looked small in his chair. Kenya and Italy here. Two monsters walked in together from a different side of the clearing, one was very tall and rather tree-like and was wearing bright coloured cloths woven between her branch-like limbs. The other was a pale beige sort of colour and rather than having fixed arms or legs, limbs seemed to grow and shrink out of her as needed. When she came to the platform, a very large foot formed to help her ascend and when she sank into the chair, she became simply a blob. Then the ground beneath their feet began to shake and Theo looked down and there emerged what looked like a strange cousin of a Verbonden, except that its skin was rock black and sleek. Antarctica, he dug his way here. Theo watched. The monster went to greet the Verbondens in the way they did, with a stomach rub. Maybe he really was their cousin. The monster finally made his way to the platform and took the final seat. 
As he did, a hush spread out around the clearing. The monsters were all gathered now and all staring at the platform. The doe-like monster from Italy stood, or rather sort of oozed into a long pillar, then grew a large mouth and called out, I am Mama Spagnoni, the leader of the Monster Council. The Monster Court is in session. Who brings a case before us? Mr Sebastian stepped forward into the centre and spoke loudly. I do, revered Monster Council. My case is against the King of the Monsters. Mama Spagnoni grew some very long eyes on stalks and looked at Mr. Sebastian for a little while. You are not a monster, she said finally. You cannot bring a case. Does anyone else support this? She looked around the clearing. The monsters mumbled, shuffled, whispered. Theo thought for a dreadful moment that was no one was going to say anything. But then there was a stir of wings behind him and the purple aeropuff, Matilda, shaking all over, flew forward. I do, she said. And then from the other side came the deep voice of Tricklemore. And I. And then a sonderous, then a flurris, and then all the monsters started to agree until Mama Spagnoni was forced to grow a very long arm to ask for hush. We will hear your case, she said simply. Where is the monster king? No one said anything, but they didn't need to, for every eye looked to the entrance of the cave. Fetch him, Mama Spagnoni ordered, and sank back into her chair. One of the blue monsters who had helped put up the stage went down the pathway, and the monsters waited. Moments later, the bulbous face of the monster king, flanked by his bottle-green advisers, emerged from the ground and swept into the middle of the clearing. The king was holding himself high, quiet, supercilious. He said nothing, but looked down his enormous nose at everyone, and gave a very, very small nod. Mr. Sebastian and our assembled monsters, of what do you accuse the monster king? Mama Spagnoni spoke as though she summoned a monster king every day. The monster king has descended on Wickety Woods, despite their utter unsuitability for himself and his court. He has put the monsters in danger repeatedly over the course of this week. It is only due to the extraordinary efforts of the monster hunters here that disaster has been averted. Monster King, how do you reply? Mama Spagnoni said, and the Monster King looked only at her when he replied. I chose these woods due to the stellar reputation of the monster hunters. Of course, I did not know the senior would leave before I even arrived, nor that the little ones would be so interfering and pathetic. In my duties as the king, I thought it a celebration and even an honour for Wickety Woods to host me. 
He blew out a long, sad breath. Clearly, I was wrong. I have been here in the woods almost the entire time. Theo and Molly, she looked over and gave them a nod, ignoring their expressions of utter shock. They have stopped the king from ruining everything a good many times. They stopped him treating the monsters as slaves. They stopped him running his dare court at great personal cost. They stopped unrest and uh, disturbances in the woods. It is my opinion that the king of the monsters must absolutely be moved on to a new location. Thank you, Mama Spagnoni spoke again. For any who are unaware, we sent Toadsporn as our agent to assess the claims. It seems the evidence is quite conclusive. Monster king, we rule that... Wait! Just then, into the centre of the clearing, tumbled the Quaret, the small monster from the group of rebels. He farted loudly, and some monsters around him giggled. I have a new motion, he called out, a new complaint, an accusation, indeed I do, against the monster king himself. Well, what is it? Mama Spagnoni spoke sternly. Tyranny, the Quaret squawked and the Rinati and Flaboom came to join him, and not a few of the monsters from Wickety Woods. Betrayal of monster kind, endangering monsters, and... Unexpectedly, the Corette's voice cracked at this point. Separating monsters in love. A gasp went round the clearing. These are serious charges, Mama Spagnoni said, looking shrewdly down. Are you prepared to back them up? The Quaret nodded vigorously with most of his body, and the others did too. I see. Mama Spagnoni frowned, looking put out for the first time. She sighed deeply. Well, then we must. I suggest everyone else should sit down. Around the clearing everyone did. And then the stories began. Tales of the Monster King's selfishness, cruelty, excess. Theo heard a few stories from Wickety Woods, but then there were more and worse from the band of rebels, including Rombaldo and Rinelda, who held hands. They all stood together, opposite the King of the Monsters, who was beginning to look a little less imposing. The stories kept going until Theo felt both that his legs had gone numb and that his stomach was rumbling. Then the rebels stopped talking and there was a silence. With the number of stories that had been told and proved, Theo couldn't believe that anyone would keep him as the king, but he didn't know the rules or how the king thing worked. We must confer, Mama Spagnoni said and the Monster Council gathered together. There was a general twitchiness in the air. Some of the Monster King's advisers tried to speak to him, but he batted them away, actually striking one across the face. The Monster Council did not take long. We have decided that in the face of such a long list of complaints and the overwhelming sentiment they contain, that you, Ogbrogbin will henceforth no longer be the king of the monsters and that he will be banished to the rocky mountains. 
Then a roar filled the air, so loud that it didn't leave space for any other sounds or any other sensations. Just anger and agony and horror. It must be the king of the monsters, or... or... Theo tried to shake his head, but what was happening? Where was he? Why were all these strange animals here? What were the colours? What had that sound been? Why was everyone looking so confused? Or were they just paintings? What was his auntie doing here? Or was that Molly? Why could his teddy fly? Oof! Theo fell over, having been hit by a monster who was rotating on the spot. As he did, his brain came back to him. The clearing was full of monsters, reeling, looking dizzy and confused. Full of monsters, but missing one. The Monster King! Theo shouted. He's escaping! His cry made almost no difference, but he felt something on his arm. Molly had grabbed him. After him! she called out and still fighting the dizziness in their limbs, they began to make their way through the clearing in the way the Monster King must have gone, for it was the only way to go. They stormed through the monsters and out of the clearing, and then they almost bumped into the Monster King, who was howling again and seemed to be trying to move. Theo looked closer and saw that on each of his feet sat a cran dude. Theo's mouth dropped open. These slow monsters never did anything useful. Until now. The king's advisers ranged themselves around the king, looking ready to fight. Theo and Molly raised their monster-hunting sticks, trembling, and felt Mr Sebastian arrive behind them. Shall we press the remote control? Molly whispered. And Mr Sebastian didn't even reply. For the first time, he looked afraid. The king of the monsters had stopped his roar, and now he spoke. Do you know how I became the king? It is because I am one of the strongest and most powerful monsters that there are, as you're about to see. Say goodbye to your beloved wickety woods. Ignoring the cran dudes hanging onto his feet still, he raised his hands. But just then, Theo felt a wave of heat rush past him. And then there was light and heat and noise everywhere. He fell down to the floor, his eyes registering just one thing before he passed out. The flaboom with explosions coming from each of his ears. Then everything was black. When Theo woke, he sat up, and Matilda fluttered up from him anxiously. He looked around. The Monster King was tied up. The Monster Council was standing around chatting, and the flaboom was surrounded by monsters looking admiring. "'What's going on?' Theo said, and his voice sounded groggy. "'Hello, Theo.' It was Tricklemore. He was stood next to him, looking as though he had been standing guard. The king, or I should say former king, 
sent a sort of confusion ray over everyone in the clearing. The Cran dudes managed to stop him as far as I can gather, because the ray didn't have any effect on them, as they are just always confused. The king and his cronies prepared to put up a fight, but the flaboom knocked everyone out. And here we are. Then Mama Spagnoni stepped forward again and spoke loudly. Monsters, monsters, listen. The council will leave you very shortly, as we must search for a new ruler. But we have heard that Triclomore resides here. Is this true? Theo blinked. The way she said Triclamore sounded as though he were famous or something. He's over here, Matilda called, and the council stepped closer. Triclamore, would you be king of the monsters? Theo gaped and turned to look at Triclamore, who was looking very embarrassed. Theo didn't know what Triclamore had done to make the council consider him, but the more he thought about it, the better the idea it was. Triclamore was so wise and kind and fair. Um, ah, it is an honour. Triclamore sounded less confident than Theo had ever heard him before. But I would rather not, if it's all the same. I like my home in Wickety Woods. Mama Spagnoni looked annoyed. You're clearly the best candidate, Triclomore, she sighed. How about being interim king until we find someone else and you can stay here in the woods? It would help us enormously. Triclomore gave a deep sigh. Oh, no more than six months, he said. And Mama Spagnoni grew a long arm, which stretched towards Triclamore. He shook it. Long live King Triclamore! Hugo suddenly appeared and bounced on the new king's head. Hurrah! Theo gave a tired grin. It had been a long, dramatic day, but he couldn't think of any better ending. The king was gone. Triclamore was king. Mr Sebastian was back. Wickety Woods could go back to normal. Let's have a party, one of the bants trumpeted, and then everything was wild all over again. Theo and Molly hugged Tricklemore, then the Monster Council left, not before inviting Theo and Molly to visit them in their various nations. The monsters were like kids after the last day of school, running about wildly, planning all they could do. I think this has been the weirdest day of my whole life, Molly said to Theo, and he nodded his head dumbly. Want to go and get some food? she asked. We could always come back later. Good idea. Theo and Molly started to walk out of the woods. They went to Molly's house, where she made some amazing spaghetti carbonara, which they ate hungrily. I can't believe Triclamore is the king, Molly said. I can't believe the Crandude saved the day, Theo said. I can't believe how confused the king made us. I can't believe Professor Toadspawn was a monster council spy, Theo said.
And then they both started laughing and laughing and laughing. And it was a long time before they could stop. And Theo was immensely glad that he had someone to share all of this with. They didn't go back to the woods until evening, when they had eaten, rested and relaxed. As Theo walked, he felt as though he had been carrying a huge backpack for a week and it had been finally taken off his shoulders. The party for King Tricklemore was a classic Wickety Woods affair. He sat in the corner of the clearing and monsters ate and danced and sang. It felt friendly, homely, lovely. Theo and Molly went over to where he sat and found Mr Sebastian there too. They all grinned at each other. We did it, Molly said happily, and they all smiled. It's all right for you lot, Tricklemore said. You don't have to be the king. The end. Thanks for listening. Do you think Tricklemore would be a good king? What would you do if you were the king or queen?